As you are able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel lesson. It comes from Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning at verse 44. Then he, that is Jesus, said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power, from on high. And then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of God for you and I, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whenever you plan a trip, you have to take care of a lot of details. You remember planning trips, don't you? Two or three years ago. Plans have to be made for somebody to take care of the pets and the flowers and the mail and the lawn and security matters and and hours before leaving the trip for the trip you're still scrambling to get details done last one out of the house when we usually make trips it's me and my last words always what have I forgotten Jesus had been on earth for 33 years he had completed his earthly ministry with his death and with his resurrection. For 40 days, he felt he needed to take care of last-minute details. His disciples are about to go on a radically new journey. They need to be filled in. They need to be equipped. And these 40 days offer us a story within itself. Jesus had purpose in being with the disciples and instructing them during these 40 days. By his presence, by his very presence, Christ assured the reality of his resurrection. Jesus took time during the days prior to his ascension to prove to his disciples the reality of his coming again among them after the resurrection. They had seen him die. They had needed to know that he was alive. And he showed them. Modern disciples and would-be disciples and seekers need to hear this from the church, that Christ gives assurance of his resurrection, that we are witnesses 
to that story. It's our story to tell. They had seen him die. They would know that Jesus now has the power over life and death. And they would know that Christ is present with them today. That is a story that the church is called to proclaim. Christ also, during this time, taught about the priority of God's kingdom, his kingdom. You know, if you're familiar with the New Testament at all, you know that Jesus over and over talked about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like over and over. He gave illustrations of the beauty of it, of the power of it. And over and over, the disciples often continued to misunderstand. They would ask Jesus, how can this be? And it led them to ask in the passages that we hear today, a question that totally misunderstands the nature of God's kingdom. They wanted to know if Israel would be restored. But Jesus wanted his followers to know that the kingdom meant a spiritual rule, not as the world gives, Jesus would say. The priority of living as kingdom people. Christians need to keep kingdom priorities constantly before us. Win the lost, offer hope, teach the converted, instruct disciples, be the church, gather in worship as we do today, minister to human needs, and live like kingdom people. Priorities of the kingdom. I hope I don't offend you this morning when I say that making America great again is not God's purpose for us. It is to lift up what is greater and eternal, Jesus Christ. That is where the power for healing and wholeness and greatness lies. God's love and grace for all, forgiveness, wholeness, the Holy Spirit. And one of the most significant prayers that Jesus prays in John 17, he prays for oneness of the Spirit, for unity in the body of Christ, kingdom living. It's our story. And in those 40 days, Christ predicts the power of God in individual lives. As soon as Jesus ascended, his ministry would be given to his disciples. Whatever Jesus had done, they would do. Whatever Jesus did on earth, we now are called to do. Jesus promised the followers that they would not do this ministry by human strength. They would receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Forty days. We are called to serve God, and we have the power. We are called to holy living, and we have the promise, the church. I want to thank Marcus, if you're watching. Marcus, welcome. Thank you for some of your notes that you passed on at the last minute. He reminded me of something that I haven't done in years. Uh, You know, there's stop-and-go signs all around us, yield signs, red lights, green lights. Uh, He reminded me that there are signals on I-35 
285 and other entrance ramps that go from red to green and red to green, and you're to stop at the red and go at the green. That's obvious. And, and if you don't obey those signals, then, then you just clog up the interstate. It gets too crowded. You get out of line and cause problems. Timing is everything. It's also true in all of life for diplomats and generals, investors, running backs, comedians. Jesus is saying timing is important. Don't get ahead of God. Uh, It's been a hard week looking at the culture of our country. Buffalo, Uvalde, there's a time to move. There are times of waiting and praying. There's preparation time, time to discern. We live in an active, activist kind of, of age. Those who are committed to action feel that need to step forward, to lead, sometimes impulsively. And many scorn the ones counseling patients I I don't have adequate words this morning. The current debate on gun control, there is something deeper going on among us that is broken in our culture. There is a call to be peacemakers. And Jesus says those who do that are blessed. I don't know the answers, but I know that God calls us to take a stand, to be present, to advocate for those who are disadvantaged and disenfranchised, even by their young age. The apostles needed to know these things. We need to know these things. At the time, this was before Pentecost. They did not have the red light, green light yet. But I keep going back in my struggles with the brokenness of our country to Micah 6.8. What does God require of you and me? To do justice. To love kindness. To walk humbly with our God. If you look at the first page of your order of worship, it says this is Ascension Sunday. How significant is that? In today's scripture on this day, we celebrate Jesus passing the baton. Ha, you were wondering where it was. I, I, I can't find a place. Uh, would you? I can't find a place to put it down up here. So I just passed it. That's what we do. Um, it's a period of transition for this church. How, how significant that we are following these 40 days of Jesus as we are about to make change. It's a period of transition that points me to two weeks from today, basically, the 15th of June, 
you'll receive a new pastor. That's the, the day officially that new pastors who are appointed in this season are assigned to churches. The baton is passed from one pastor or three pastors or how many, one-third of, I'm going to pass one-third of the baton joyfully, not gladly, but proudly, for this church has been working towards this in beautiful and gracious ways. Luke's Acts account of these 40 days gives quick reference back to the gospel. Jesus presented himself alive. Again, that is our calling to present Jesus Christ alive as one of our hymns boldly proclaims. You might say that his announcement about his coming departure, he had been trying to prepare the disciples for his ascension. And if you think about it in terms of the Holy Spirit, you may consider that Jesus left the disciples breathless for a while. For the Spirit had not yet come, but he said it would. He taught what he always spoke of, the kingdom of God. Verse 4 says, wait. Wait for the promise of God. Don't get ahead of God. That baptism we know as Pentecost is coming, not there yet for the disciples. And the disciples still misunderstanding, as I have said, ask the question, Lord, will you restore our glory? And some would say it's a reasonable question. I would guard us against asking that question in this time of transition. Many are hungry for the old, the good old days the glory days, a place of power and prestige and authority. It is tempting to go back to what was more comfortable, even easier. That hunger for power, that position runs deep. Bruce Larson in A Call to Holy Living tells a story about President Franklin Roosevelt it was an incident that happened when he was governor of New York State. On the way back to his office with a friend, uh, he passed through a reception area where there was a large group of people, uh, obviously fans of his, uh, and they wanted to see him. And so he paused long enough to talk a few minutes. And then he told a very old, stale, and not funny joke. Later in his private office, the friend asked him, Mr. Roosevelt, why did you tell that group of people such a lame story? You know what he said? He said, I wanted to see who laughed. Because knowing it was a bad joke, everybody who laughed wants something from me. Disciples from time to time have longed for position some of the disciples wanted to be at the right hand of God, of Jesus. They wanted power, action. Jesus gives the disciples and us directions that have always seemed a bit contradictory to me. He had said, you know, go into all the world, baptizing in my name and, and making disciples of all the world. And here he says, just stay in Jerusalem. Contradictions. 
things that are very different. There are two, um, there are two movies that are out or are coming out right now that are supposed to be very big. Uh, one of them is Downton Abbey, A New Era. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to get in trouble with my wife on that one. The other one, though, the other one, Top Gun, Maverick, Power, Competition, Who Can Be First, Fastest, Strongest, Maverick and Goose in the first movie, and it probably is in this one again, are walking down a runway, and they both together, almost in chorus, say, I need I feel the need for speed. It's become an iconic line. Jesus says, don't get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God. Thank you for leading with the Indianapolis 500, by the way. That wasn't expecting that. You need power, Jesus says. You need to be prepared. You need to receive what God gives you so that what you do is not simply in vain by human strength. Jesus says it will, do, it will come. He promised it. Go to Jerusalem, wait for it. Wait for the Spirit. And then, he says, then you will be not witnesses about the world, but you will be God's witnesses. Our calling. Jesus is giving them a great commission, but telling them to hold still for a bit like knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. The disciples are to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit before heading out on this new discipleship missionary journey. They are to pause in prayer, listen, discern, make sure they've got what God offers them to get what they need from God before they attempt to accomplish the mission God has put before them. They need to fill their tanks with the power of God. We need to fill our tanks with the power of God's Spirit and the love of Christ that energizes us. I, I, it's tempting to go out on your own. I'm, I'm guilty of that often. I make the mistake all the time of trusting in my own power instincts. I come up with great ideas only to find out later that I'm just full of it. <laughs> I don't pause long enough to make sure I'm pointed in the right directions. I don't pause long enough to gather companions around me or join other companions in the journey. My impatience pushes me to go, or my ego pushes me to go. Jesus reminds me of a an essential Christian value, living in the Spirit. Those who wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. Don't get ahead of God. Trust. Let's stay with this ascension a little longer. And the reason we do it is because Luke does it. He ends the Gospel of Luke with the story of the ascension, and then he tells the story again, right at the first of Acts. I think he decides to tell it twice, because it's an absolute crucial moment in kingdom living, the leadership transition moment. 
Here we find the passing of the church plant off to new pastors, to the disciples. We know something of that. We have been working towards this, among other things, for a year. We are moving pastors, moving on, not, not fading away, but moving on. Marcus, Creed, even Katie, moving on. One-third of a pastoral team, we have followed others, others will follow us. That can be a whiplash moment for a church. Again, I think Jesus offers this counsel because it, we can't jump simply to the moment. We dare not jump just to that moment. But we invite God's Spirit to guide us through it and onward. Not just a moment in time, but a new season. These moments are important because getting off base, Jesus understands, can leave a church going in the wrong directions. Transitions and new beginnings are new. There are at least two things, I think, that Jesus would want us to understand in this critical time to get right at this moment, and it's in Luke's story. First, the followers of Jesus, you and I, need to decide whether we will focus on ourselves and our desire to restore the kingdom, as the disciples maybe hoped for, to return to the good old days, to normal, whatever normal ever was. That's very enticing, very inviting. Will we do that or will we be a community that continues to be focused outward to the world around us? It is a choice. But secondly, the disciples had to be open to the movement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and led, led by that Spirit to accomplish God's mission. During moments of transition, it's important to not get ahead of God. But by the power of that Spirit, with joy and enthusiasm and hope and promise and grace, live in to that will. We are disciples, you and I. And my definition of that this morning is that we are ones who are sent with something to give. We can never forget that. We must never forget that and never take it lightly. We are witnesses to the resurrection. We are recipients of the Holy Spirit. This is a story to be taught, to cherished, a story that demands to be told. Chronicles of Narnia, I, my, one of my favorite fictional series, uh, and I've read them over and over again over the years, um, particularly the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, and if you remember, there is uncertainty in the land behind the wardrobe. There is fear. There is doubt. But then the children and others hear that there is a whisper being lifted in the land. Aslan, they hear, is on the move. That's what they hear. Aslan is on the move. God is on the move. 
Jesus is passing the baton over and over to you and to me and all those around us. Not to pass just from one person to another, but to hold on to and to be the church, to glorify God. Over and over, you and me, we must never fail to let God touch us. Never fail to go where he sends. The invitation. Come, thou fount of every blessing. Tune our hearts to sing thy praise. Mulberry's great moment, another great moment of opportunity and challenge to be the church beyond these walls, to sing his praise, to live the life of Jesus, to serve his call, to be as Jesus prayed, to be one in unity together. Lord, in this and every time, may it be so. Lead us to be the church. Let us pray. Lord, in this time of transition, lead us in knowing when to wait, when to move, and how to move, not by our own strength, but by yours that we would always be aware of the power of your spirit and joy and love for us as we are the church for the whole world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.